Hey, good people in podcast land. Welcome to Convene, a conversation series dedicated to connecting the creative community in Toronto. I'm your host, Chris Penrose, and this 16-part series is about the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto. This edition of Convene is supported by Factor Canada. For this episode, I spoke with Daniel Seligman, who was born in Toronto and has been active in the Montreal music scene since 2000. He has managed Stars, The Unicorns, So Called, and Eve's Jarvis. In 2002, Seligman started Pop Montreal and remains the festival's creative director. Most recently, he founded the record label Club Roll Music. Just to open up, my first question to you is, it, how would you describe your role in the music industry in, in your city? Well, I'm uh, the co-founder and creative director of the Pop Montreal International Music Festival. Uh, the festival started in 2002, and it is a uh, music festival, interdisciplinary arts festival, um, multi-genre multi-venue, kind of similar format to uh, North by Northeast or, or CMW in Toronto. Um, maybe a little less industry focused, but uh, we, we have, uh, you know, show, showcases for emerging artists as well as we've had all kinds of, uh, you know, established and legendary artists both from you know, Montreal or Canada and around the world. So yeah, that's kind of my main function. Uh, we also promote shows throughout the year um, with local and international acts. And I also work as an artist manager and I've been doing that uh, you know, for just over 20 years. This past year in all three of those types of efforts and, and work that you do that you've described must have been quite the intense like curve yeah it was definitely a pretty significant challenge and a lot of difficulties um on a yeah like on a personal level it was uh it was kind of like a a huge learning curve on how to adapt i mean i think we we're Quite, quite lucky being a fairly well-established event with uh, good recognition within the you know municipal provincial funding and federal funding bodies so we were able to access different uh, different resources to kind of sustain our our staff and allow us to kind of adapt to this new like covid reality of online streams and hybrid events so we you know we are pretty adaptable we're a small organization um but we do quite a lot and um we started off uh at the beginning of the pandemic um doing a series of shows um from our the balcony of where our office is located um, so that was 
that was pretty cool to be able to kind of like we had we invited different artists every week to play a few songs um and then we live streamed it on facebook so yeah that was kind of our first pivot and we kind of just like rolled from there we we had planned on doing a uh a weekend long event in June um, featuring like a bunch of different workshops and art shows and music. And it was all going to happen in one, like uh, one space, well, uh, uh, like a, a a venue in the city with multiple uh, rooms and, and theater spaces. So we realized pretty quickly that we weren't able to do that, but the, the grant that we got to do it was we were able to kind of navigate it and move it towards a digital space. So we, we built a, a website called Le Fun, like we called it Le Fun House. And it was kind of the idea was just like a multi-room, multi-faceted event. So we had like live concerts, we had interactive art stuff, we had, um, some workshops, uh, panels. Um, so that, uh, that ended up working really well. And we kind of carried that towards our main event, which is in September. The festival takes place in September every year. And we were lucky in Montreal, um, for September, um, live performances were allowed to happen with like major COVID protocol. So, um, everyone had to wear masks, be seated, socially distanced. So we were able, but we were able to kind of produce an event with like a small audience, uh, IRL, which was kind of nice, uh, along with simulcasted, uh, live stream. And yeah, we limited the number of artists and we found a few creative solutions. Like we tried to do as much stuff outside as possible. So, I mean, in some ways it was very difficult and it was quite a challenge, but it was also kind of fun to, you know, just try new things and, you know, look for different solutions for, for, for what COVID um, threw at us. And it was, uh, you know, we were able to do things a little more intimately and small scale, which was nice after, you know, getting bigger over the last, 15 plus years and yeah um and moving forward we're we're exploring our options for 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 this year for 2021 i mean the one the main lesson covid taught me was like you can't predict too far in advance and you can't plan for anything too far in advance and you just have to be adaptable and you know make the most of of what you can do yeah, and it's contending with that uncertainty on a day-to-day -day basis that is the challenge in that, but it is such an important lesson, you know, in terms of being flexible, being adaptable. Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciate you sharing what a bit of what that journey's been like for yourself and for the Pop Montreal team. Um, no being Montreal-based, um, I wonder if you can just describe a little bit about what your experience and view of the music industry in Toronto is. Well, um, that's a good question. I mean, I actually grew up in Toronto, so um, I'm familiar, quite familiar with the city. I grew up in the Annex area, and oh, nice. So I, I, I've maintained, you know, like connections and friendships 
um, but I, I haven't lived in in Toronto for over 25 years. But uh, yeah, I definitely have like a lot of fond um, connections with the city. Uh, not, but I I never like more on like a personal social level. Um, in terms of like the music industry, I mean, I definitely have a lot of connections and friends. A lot of some of the artists I've worked with have have worked with uh, Toronto-based labels and agents. Um, I mean, the main impression, if you look between the two cities is, uh, and this is a pretty gross generalization, so take it, you know, for what it is, but uh, Toronto is kind of more of like a commercial industry center, like especially on like the English language side. So like the major you know, the Canadian major labels are all based in Toronto. Most of the booking agencies, a lot of like the smaller independent labels. So there's definitely like this sense that Toronto is more of a commercial city. And I think that kind of just like goes into the overall, like, you know, comparison between the two cities because they are the kind of two cultural centers of Canada and Toronto has always kind of, well, at least in the last like, 35, 40 years, Toronto is kind of seen as the economic center of, of Canada. And because of that, like industry, you know, there's a sense that industry and commerce and economics are more important. Whereas in Montreal, there's like more of an emphasis on, on culture and, you know, arts, art for the sake of art outside of like this realm of, of commerce and economics. One difference I've heard described as well, um, relating to that difference between kind of commerce and culture, mm-hmm. is that just patronage in Montreal and it seems to be higher among in community and, and people, you know, wanting to participate in the events, mm-hmm. be part of things, support things. Is that something you would say is is another gross generalization or is there something to that i mean i think like all a lot of these generalizations there's always some truth and some kind of like oversimplification of things but yeah i mean there is a lot of support for culture in quebec and i think it, it's also rooted in like in the politics of quebec uh nationalism and because culture is so significantly tied to language and language is kind of like the, you know, the, such a uh, lightning rod in terms of identity in Quebec, there's a lot because language and culture are connected. There's a lot of kind of funding um, into the cultural sector because culture is a way to, um, to promote um, kind of identity and identities connected to language and language, you know, and then you get into the language politics of, of Quebec and Canada. So it is a little bit of a, you know, I think it's, it's like this uh, fruit that kind of has developed out of, you know, not, not necessarily like its main objective of the government is to support like emerging artists or whatever. Like, I think there's part of it, but it's, but because, because of this emphasis on, on language and its connection to culture, um, a lot of like 
there's an appreciation, you know, in Montreal, especially, but, you know, across Quebec, like there's a, a lot of festivals and cultural organizations that get a significant amount of funding that are able to produce events and support artists where, whereas um, I think until maybe a little more recently with like Ontario creates and a few different arts funding organizations um, it started more in Ontario in the last, you know, five or so years. But I think in Quebec, it's really deeply rooted in, uh, in the politics here. So you see, you know, and it's led to like major, major cultural institutions like the Jazz Fest or Just for Laughs or, you know, Francophilia. There's all these like major festivals in the downtown of Montreal itself kind of becomes um, transformed into like this cultural playground in the summertime. And uh, there's just a lot of that is on offer on a cultural side for for Montrealers and I think it's just and I think Montrealers and Quebecers appreciate that and they and they ten, and they and they do support culture and the arts for sure like at least on a on a philosophical level. Yeah, I appreciate that observation because I think those forces are are really powerful ones um, that can find their way into the, all kinds of spaces, community spaces. Um, and, you know, from large scale festivals down to like kind of really emerging and, and community driven spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's a really powerful perspective to have. Um, in terms of the actual relationship between the cities, what are your thoughts on how connected Montreal and Toronto currently are? Well, I think it's a bit of like a, a double edged sword. I think they're like this, both cities are the two big, you know, cosmopolitan cities. They're very close in terms of proximity. Like, you know, there's a major highway that's connecting the two cities. There's trains, airplanes. Um, there's a lot of like this significant youth culture in both cities, major universities. Um, so I think there's, on, you know, on so many levels, there's a lot that's connecting the two cities. And, you know, we kind of share, we share a, like a similar cultural outlook and perspective being close to America and, you know, the influence of American popular culture. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, so many, like, oh, so many people go between the two cities. A lot of Montrealers move to Toronto for different reasons, and Toronto, oh, Torontonians like move to Montreal or often, like the you know for school or whatever it is. So I think there, you know, there is a lot of just um, connection in the sense of of geography and proximity and similarity with in culture. And I think you know so many people have roots and connections in both cities um which doesn't mean it's this like they're exactly the same obviously there are differences within the city and i think you know diversity is important like we wouldn't want montreal and toronto to be exactly the same um i think you know and there is kind of like a healthy rivalry you know for historical reasons and like, even like if you look at you know, sports teams or whatever. There's, it's all, I think in a sense, it's always good to have a bit of like a, a rivalry between your, your neighbors in a way. Like it kind of, like not to be like a, you know, uh, a capitalist or anything like that, but like the sense of competition can drive creativity and, you know, 
and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I think uh, both cities um, have a lot connecting them in, 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 you know, different avenues. And, and uh, I think obviously there can always be uh, greater attempts to kind of bring things, bring the two perspectives together for sure. Yeah, I think you've really described a lot of those forces and factors that are um, creating that connection. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could share any thoughts on what you think is inhibiting that the connection, because the the two cities, given all of those things, I feel like could be much more connected. And and the basis, you know, for that sometimes is something as simple as like an artist that I really feel like if you know one person from Toronto or one person from if you're from Toronto and you know one artist from Montreal um and you're really into hip-hop you should know this person and I think just the awareness isn't there and I think vice versa um there there can be like gaps in in awareness um Mm -hmm. as just one example of of the fact that there is way more potential in the relationship but yeah how would you describe um what is inhibiting yeah, well, that's a good question. I mean, maybe more from the Toronto perspective because there's been so much like success from artists like Drake and The Weeknd. Um, you know, and there's been like a plethora of Toronto, you know, artists making R&B and hip hop and black music forms. Like I think there's there's like this wealth of of talent that maybe the one, you know, the neighbor next door is kind of overlooked, especially when you're, when you're looking at it within the context of, um, of like American popular culture, because you have like the neighbor to the South, which is, you know, a a million or a hundred times bigger or whatever it is. And so I think that probably plays into or factors into part of it. Um, yeah, um, I think maybe more on the underground tip, there there probably is like a greater sense of like similarity and cohesion, like, you know, um, like an artist like, uh, uh, like Backwash from Montreal who won the Polaris, like maybe there's more, not necessarily sonically speaking, but like, uh, more kind of connection to someone like Lito Pimienta from from Toronto, who are kind of like really pushing the barriers of what like genre is, etc. So I think you know, I think if you scratch the surface, there you know, and you go beyond like the Daniel Caesars, who you know are all great, uh, you know, and, and look for kind of more of like the underground connect there you know there's there there are potentials for like real connections etc you know like i mean i i'm fairly close with an artist like tika who is from toronto or grew up in toronto but now is living in montreal so artists like that who are kind of like straddling both cities i think uh provide like an interesting gateway for more collaborations and and more connections between the two cities yeah, I I do think that that um, is a really important point. Is that there are these more community driven, emerging or kind of like DIY type of spaces, um, and there's just at the artist level uh, a lot of potential for the connection between the two cities mm-hmm. to really grow 
out of those individuals and out of those spaces. Um, so I think that's a, that's an important observation you're making. Mm-hmm. Now, another question I have for you is just kind of from a visionary standpoint and an imaginative standpoint, what do you think becomes possible with a really strengthened ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto, where there's a high level of awareness, there's a high level of engagement, there's a high level of connection, high level of collaboration happening between both cities? Yeah, I mean, I think it will just lead to greater, like more potential, more potential for collaborations, more opportunities in each city for, and I kind of look at it more on the emerging because like the, the big commercial artists will probably always find success in either city you know like uh the weekend is at this point is like an international you know like one of the biggest artists in the world so he's he's going to sell out the bell center or the acc in toronto like it doesn't matter or madison square gardens but you know an artist like uh shaylia or Tika, you know, like there's a handful of artists that like the more they kind of are able to to connect on the on the underground, on the DIY tip in either city, you know, there'll be more opportunities to, to build an audience, to build community. Um, and I think that'll just um, lead to more success, like on a, you know, on an artistic level, because people will be collaborating more and, and you know, making connections and, 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 and hopefully making better work, but also just like building networks, which is really important for independent artists, like building your network, building your, you know, the, the people that you work with, you, you, the different promoters and, uh, in, you know, agents, managers, like all those things, the more kind of communication there is, the more connections there are between the two cities, the, the great, you know, the more emerging artists will benefit from it. And if you had to ta- describe like some steps that you think, you know, some of the larger institutions or, you know, some of the kind of leadership within you know the infrastructure could take um in fostering a strengthened ecosystem between montreal and toronto are there any steps you could see happening or just shifts that would make the most difference uh i guess yeah just like things like what you're doing like you know creating the the dialogue i think is the most important part creating the awareness you know um hopefully more and more events like once i mean i guess in some ways uh covid has been beneficial in terms of like just digital and you know uh, connections online um zoom parties and all that but i think you know once it's over i think people will still want to like congregate in in real life so yeah just like in each city like Hopefully there will be, you know, the next generation of, of cultural entrepreneurs and, and promoters who are like doing good work and doing research and like staying connected and, and searching out uh, cool artists in each city and, you know, trying to work with them, and inviting them over, mm-hmm. and, you know, and doing, doing cool stuff and like helping build their careers. So 
I don't think there's like one thing necessarily that needs to happen, but I think like the main thing is, is, is like openness and dialogue and kind of, yeah, being curious about uh, what your neighbor's up to. I think that curiosity part is, uh, is a huge thing and anything that can feed and uh, like just reward that curiosity is going to be a, a major factor in this. Totally. Yeah. Um, I wanted to shift the conversation a little bit to sure. this question around people, platforms, spaces. So for somebody from Toronto who wants to get to know what's going on in Montreal um, and wants to connect more, can you just name and I, and forgiving yourself in advance for like, you know, you might forget really important names or whatever, but um, for sure, yeah. of, of people, of platforms, of spaces, if you were to say like, check these out to kind of get a right. start to really get a sense of what's going on here in the city. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess one of the premier platforms like on the hip hop side is HHQC, like hiphopquebec.com. Um, it's in French. I don't know if there's an, I don't know, there might be, I don't know if there's an English side, side of it, but, uh, they, they really cover the, you know, the, the, the rap scene in, in Quebec specifically. Like, I mean, there are other, like they do international as well, but there's, it's a good intro into the, into what's happening uh, on the ground in uh, in in Montreal, Quebec specifically, um, a few other platforms. There's this Matt, like blog, also cool, uh, Cult MTL, uh, Mr. Wavy. He's like a, a hip hop writer who covers a lot of what's happening. Uh, Pan M360, uh, PopMontreal.com, of course. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a really cool uh, podcast called uh, Le Bulletin des Cousins, um, which is run by an artist named Gaillance, who's like a local. She works with us at Pop, actually. She's one of the programmers, and she's also a DJ and writer, and, and really heavily connected into the to the scene here. Um, in terms of, I mean, once COVID is over. Uh, Hopefully, people will be back to going to spaces. Um, House Gang Plaza. I mean, all of these places have like uh, web portals as well. But House Gang Plaza is like a really important uh, venue um, in Montreal. Le Belmont, Fairmount Theater, Newspeak, uh, cool record store like in the Milan part of Montreal is La Rama, which focuses on like hip-hop community and vinyl um yeah those are probably That's an amazing amazing list and i know yeah. each of those if you dive into them are gonna yeah also they'll, they'll lead to, lead to so much more for sure yeah. yeah now bringing this conversation to kind of a personal space just based off of like the skills and experience uh, that you have how do you see that you could contribute to the strengthening of this ecosystem? Uh, me personally? Yeah, because I, th I know that in, in the work you've done, you have done that a lot. Like the amount mm -hmm. of people I saw from Toronto sharing, you know, videos of mm -hmm. um, being at Pop Montreal this past September on some of those rooftops you were talking about. Yeah, and, yeah. 
and, and being exposed. So it's not to say that you aren't already a part of that work, especially having, you know, while it was 25 years ago, still um, come come from the city of Toronto and, and, and being so, such a part of like the infrastructure in Montreal. But I guess like looking forward and, and seeing um, this ecosystem between the cities developing further. Yeah. What, what ways mm -hmm. do you think you might be able to contribute, even if it's, you know, the smallest, most practical thing? Yeah. I mean, I think happening? like you can't overshoot in a way, like you can't do too, too much. You got to kind of like balance it all out and, and take on only take on, you know, um, as much as you can handle. So, um, I know for this, like this year, we're collaborating with an org organization called Emancipation Arts, we're Toronto based, and they do this event called Free Up. Um, uh, it's like a, ce a celebration of Emancipation Day, uh, August 1st. Um, so we're going to be working with them and hopefully like to produce an event in Montreal in conjunction collaboration with what they do in Toronto and I think there'll be like a kind of online virtual element to it so to connect them together so yeah just like kind of looking for simpatico types of organizations in either city to, to collaborate with I think that's really important for for promoters producers um, you know who are who are making culture to kind of like work with similar organizations in either city. Um, you know, I'd also once, once uh, things cool down a bit and open up, um, you know, I definitely would love to spend a little bit, bit more time um, going to Toronto for different events to, to discover music. Cause I mean, as, as great as the internet is and streaming and all the, you know, apps and and devices it's always i mean i always I'll always prefer live like the live experience to, to see an artist like 100 percent more than just like seeing a video on youtube or whatever so yeah i have a friend yeah. that um is adamant that uh, he would never work with an artist without seeing them perform right yeah uh, alive and without like the acoustic, no matter what their format is, whether it's just like a freestyle acapella or whatever, um, that that's the that's the always the deciding factor is, is mm -hmm. their live presence. Yeah, I think it's super important. Yeah, and I think that spending time in each city and facilitating, the, as you said, simpatico um, collaborations between cities are really powerful things, and the ripple effects that both of those can have are you know you can't you really can't foresee how where those ripples can go but you definitely know that they can um do a lot to strengthen that connection between the cities mm -hmm, definitely yeah i think it's it's really important and i do like i mean i i haven't in a, a little while but i mean i mean i i i tend to go to different events um, you know, whether it's in Brazil or the States or Europe, it's, I think it's, it, it makes a big difference to kind of be there and like, you know, make those direct connections and see artists live in, in like an environment that they're, they're comfortable in and all that. So I'm looking forward to being able to do that again. 
you may, you may not have this next thing I'm asking, but is there a call to action you might have to um, folks in Toronto as it relates to strengthening and contributing to this relationship between the cities? I mean, I generally feel that like most people from Toronto are like, you know, open to Montreal and curious about Montreal. If anything, they find it harder to kind of like get in. There's almost like this sense of like a, a psychic wall, you know, to try to like, I mean, this isn't just Toronto. People from all across Canada always say to me, oh, it's so hard to like, get into the Montreal scene, you know, like, so, um, <laughs> I guess the main thing is just to like, keep, yeah, keep trying and keep being curious and checking out what's, what's happening. And, you know, um, and yeah, you, you know, music is what should be bringing us together. So keep, keep working on that. Agreed. Uh, the final question I have is going, I guess, full circle to the whole purpose of these conversations is, you know, in just in the belief that having this conversation with a number of people across, you know, city, the two cities and across different roles and the music communities in those cities is, is an important step in and of itself. Um, given all, all your background, given all the work you do, how has, if any way, having this conversation um, added to or shifted what you think is possible between the cities and your belief in the importance of the connections between the two cities? I guess I'd have to like uh, think about it for a while, but um, yeah. Um, I definitely agree with like the premise of what you guys are working on or, or exploring. So I think that's kind of like the main thing is, is like to explore the different possibilities and, you know, um, dig a little deeper cause it's easy to like, you know, to, uh, you know, hear about the obvious, you know, top five or six artists from each city that everyone's talking about. So the, the more difficult thing is to like find the, the, re the hidden gems. And that's kind of like something that everyone needs to kind of to dig deeper into and look for. And that's, you know, I think as like, as a music fan and producer, that's kind of your job is to kind of like look for the, look for that and, and keep, trying to find like the, the music that's like really on the, that the like all you know all the like cool kids are, are, are talking about not just the ones that are on the, the radio well i think pop montreal has done that and continues to do that in terms of living up to that value and 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 doing a great job at creating a platform so that the you know the great work that those artists are doing um, and the work that it takes the team to you know, connect with those artists and, um, and put them in on that platform um, that, that it gets out to people. So I really appreciate what you're doing 
um, and the work in the work that your team does. Cool. Thank I'm really you. grateful that you took the time for this conversation. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for thanks for thinking of me. I look forward to the podcast. Thank you for listening to this conversation and connecting with what we do through Convene. Gratitude to the team behind this series on the music ecosystem between Montreal and Toronto, Nabil Shash, Alicia Roberts, Martin Anon, and Sebastian Miller. For more resources on this conversation, go to watervision.com, watrvision.com. This project is funded by Factor, the Government of Canada, and Canada's private radio broadcasters.